What is going on, crypto family? So today we got Andrew Torba, the CEO and founder of Gab.com, coming on the show. Had a great time talking to him. You know, this guy is uh, pretty incredible as far as what he's been through, what he's gone through, what he keeps doing. Uh, their company, their business has been like the most censored startup in the history, I think, of startups. I mean, they've had their website shut down. They've had their funding shut down. They've been kicked off the Apple and Google stores. Their developer accounts have been shut down. Did I mention all their funding got shut down too? <laughs> so they're basically using Bitcoin and creating their whole platform kind of from scratch in a decentralized fashion that I'm gonna let him tell you about. And this is one of those important topics. It's free speech, right? It's the First Amendment. You don't know what you have until it's gone, right? So it's really important that you know platforms like this are out there for all of us to use. So that way we can always exercise our First Amendment rights. Just a friendly reminder, Crypto Beetle shows are never financial advice, recommendations, or trading strategies. The views expressed here are solely that of Robert Beatles and his guests. Robert Beatles is a co-founder of the Monarch Wallet, host of Trading View Sessions, Crypto Beatles on YouTube, and on several entities. Robert's opinions here do not reflect that of those entities. Some information shared here may not actually be factual. These shows are for information and entertainment purposes only. Never invest a single Satoshi or penny in anything without first seeking the counsel and advice of a professional financial advisor. Robert Beatles is not a financial expert or advisor. Investing in anything is super dangerous. You can lose all of your money, so always trade at your own risk. And one last thing before we get into this, please help us grow the family. Give us a comment and review on the Apple or Google Play Store. It's super quick and easy. Just scroll down, click the little stars, comment, and just help us grow the fam. All right, so without further ado, I'm gonna take you to go see Andrew Torba, and I'll catch you on the other side. What is going on, crypto family? So today we got Andrew Torba with us. He is the CEO and founder of Gab.com, man. So thanks a bunch for coming on. Appreciate you making time for us. I'm excited to hear about all the cool stuff that you're doing, that you've done. But before we do that, just tell us about yourself, man. Who is Andrew Torba? What do you got going on? Sure, yeah. Uh, so I am born and raised in Scranton, Pennsylvania. Uh, I'm a Christian. I grew up uh, in a conservative household, uh, and uh, moved out to Silicon Valley uh, back in 2015 with my first company, which was an advertising technology company. And we were actually working with uh, Google, Facebook, Twitter, et cetera, uh, on their ads products. So I got about five years of insight into how these companies make money, um, how they're harvesting mass amounts of data and all of the above. And you know, over my time in Silicon Valley, I got to make a lot of friends inside of these companies. During the uh, you know 2016 election, uh, I started to see censorship creep up from these platforms that, for over a decade, uh, you know since their inception, were promoting free expression and uh, First Amendment protected speech and the free and open internet and all of the things that you know we we know and love about uh, the existing internet. And that started to to change dramatically uh, after Brexit and um, you know during the election of Donald Trump. So I saw this happening and um, I started talking to some of my sources inside of Facebook and Twitter and Google. And they said, yeah, this is like, we're doubling down on this. This is going to get worse. You know, this is where management is taking us. Uh, you know, they, they want to stop the quote unquote disinformation online. They want to stop this populist movement. Of course, we see these videos from Project Veritas uh, this week exposing a Google executive saying that they want to stop Trump. They want to prevent uh, him from being reelected in 2020. And they want to uh, prevent any leader like him from being elected ever again. Um, so all this stuff I had very early insight into back in, in 2016, 2015, 2016, around there. And, um, you know, I decided to do something about it. I decided that there needed 
to be a viable alternative that conserved and preserved First Amendment protected speech uh, at a minimum for Americans, but ideally for all people on the internet. You know, I saw these these companies that uh, they give this illusion of choice, right? It looks like you have a lot of choices when it comes to communication and access to information and access to news on the internet. But in reality, you know, all these, these apps are owned and controlled by, you know, two or three companies. You know, Instagram is owned by Facebook. WhatsApp is owned by Facebook. Obviously, the Facebook app, Messenger, which is a huge messaging app. So, you know, consumers don't realize that, you know, they, they basically have one or two choices when it comes down to it. And there's really an oligarchy uh, over uh, the Internet uh, in Silicon Valley. And, you know, all these companies are based there. So, of course, their employees and their values uh, from San Francisco are going to be uh, uh, enforced uh, on the rest of the internet for billions of people. And, um, you know, there are hundreds of millions of people who are conservative, who, uh, you know, cherish individual liberty and individual sovereignty and uh, freedom of expression for all people and all ideas. And uh, I thought that there was an opportunity to uh, stand up and, and build something as a response to this censorship that I started to see rise up. And uh, that's what I've been doing for about three years now. It's awesome, man. So it's one of those things that uh, you don't know what you got till you lose it, right? People were always saying that, uh, oh, that doesn't really affect me. Oh, well, it's no big deal. But, you know, censorship is a big deal. And, you know, our First Amendment is uh, extremely important. And our founding fathers, of course, you know, they, they knew that then and we should know that now. So, you know, I applaud you for what, uh, for what you're trying to do, man, and what you're bringing to the space. It's pretty sweet. Um, you know, when you worked at uh, like Google and, and some of these, these big companies there, you know, obviously you were talking about how they didn't want somebody like Trump in power ever again. And what's some of the other inner workings you saw, some of the things that, um, you know, should alarm Americans or just people, you know, in general as to, um, you know, maybe some of the practices and why you're, you've created Gab and, and what you're trying to do that's different. Right. I think we've seen a lot of this exposed over the past couple of years. Um, to, to be clear, I wasn't actually working at Google or inside of these companies as an employee, but I was rather a partner um, with my own company, my own ad tech company. So I, I got to build a lot of close relationships with folks who did work in there and folks who were, you know, kind of low key, quiet patriots uh, uh, who were able to share, you know, some of the stuff that was going on. I think, you know, a lot of people would be shocked. Uh, The biggest thing is the ideological echo chamber. So, you know, if you uh, do not tow the the progressive agenda, if you do not tow the globalist agenda, um, you know, you're ostracized, you're blacklisted, um, you're smeared, uh, you're no longer going to be able to work in that industry again, at, at least not in Silicon Valley. Maybe you'll be able to start your own thing like I did or or join a company like Gab. And that's, that's why I'm doing what I'm doing is to hopefully offer an alternative, not only for consumers, but also for uh, engineers inside of the Valley who uh, don't want to be stuck in that ideological echo chamber, do not feel comfortable expressing their political opinions or their their, their opinions about life in general without being um, ostracized, without, uh, you know, feeling like they're going to get blacklisted or fired or smeared or, or whatever. Um, so I think, you know, there's a lot going on. You know, we've seen a lot with uh, manipulation in, in the feeds. Uh, a lot of these, you know, obviously every single one of these, these companies is centralized and they're not open source. So, 
that's one of the reasons why Gab is moving towards decentralization and why we're moving towards open sourcing all of our code so that people can see transparently like what's going on. Like how do how do these trends work? How does the feed work? How does this stuff work? So that you know developers can gut check what we're doing and can confirm that it works the way we say it works. And um, you know, it, it, as far as decentralization, I think when we got no platform, we were taken off the internet um, back in November of, of 2018 after we got banned from multiple hosting providers, uh, payment processors, both app stores, uh, third-party providers, you name it, right? Dozens and dozens of different providers. And um, we learned that centralization is uh, is a weak point. So we want to decentralize and allow anybody to uh, spin up their own Gab server, their own Gab instance, so that if Gab servers, our own, our own core server have happens to go down, um, ideally, there will be thousands of other Gab servers that are still up and running so that, you know, Gab itself becomes unstoppable and there's no central point of failure. Um, so that's where we're going now. And that's what's going to happen with our, our big July 4th relaunch of, uh, of new Gab is what we're calling it, Gab Social. No, that's awesome. You guys have been around for about three years or so. And I remember when uh, Trump was you know, initially running for president, you guys uh, were kind of touted as one of, the, one of the main reasons that he won because people had, you know, a platform to be basically, you know, talk about Trump and talk about, uh, you know, Republican viewpoints where things seem to be getting silenced, so to speak, on Twitter and, you know, Instagram, Facebook, you know, the big three, right? So I guess, how does Gab grow beyond just being known as like a Republican platform, a free speech, you know, platform? How does it start appealing to the masses to where more people come over versus it just like a echo chamber for patriots? You know what I mean? Right. So I think uh, over the past year, we've really uh, moved beyond that. I think our first year, our first year and a half, um, obviously, most of the people that were joining are the people that were being silenced and shut up on other platforms. And of course, that is the Patriots, the conservatives, the Trump supporters, etc. So it's only natural that those people, of course, gravitated to the platform first. But what we're finding out now is that, you know, centrists like, you know, Tim Pool uh, are, are being silenced and are being demonetized and are being censored. Um, we're seeing people on the left uh, that uh, are critical of certain parts of feminism that are being silenced and censored and no platforms. So, you know, censorship inevitably comes for everybody. Um, so, you know, as that continues to creep up and, and spread, not just on the you know fringes of the left and the right, but more towards the center, we're starting to see more groups of, of diverse uh, ideologies and, and beliefs and, and interests that are joining the platform. We have... We have a lot of groups that are, you know, non-political too. So we have groups of people that like gardening, groups of people that like classic cars and uh, all sorts of different topics that have, you know, tens of thousands of members in them. So I think, you know, the move to new Gab is also going to be big because people will be able to spin up their own server. Um, their own Gab server. So you can basically create your own version of Gab. Um, and it could be for people who like knitting. Uh, just this week, we had a, a, one of the bigger knitting websites said that they're banning oh, anybody that, that supports uh, Donald Trump. They said, I'm just, you can't make this up, right? You, you have knitting communities that are banning uh, people that support Donald Trump. It's just absurd. So, you know, ideally what people will be able to do is spin up their own server and, you know, you could have your own um, uh, crypto server. Right. Where, where you have your, your viewers or your fans that come into the server and, um, you know, can only talk about crypto or talk about ICOs or talk about Bitcoin or whatever you want to talk about. Um, so I, ideally, giving people the ability to create their own space that they have control over. Um, maybe you want to create your own space that you don't allow people to talk about politics in. And that's fine. 
Um, you know, if people want to talk about politics, they can go to a politics server or they can come to the Gab's core server where we kind of have a variety of different topics. But the idea is, is that, you know, give people control over their individual sovereignty um, so that, you know, you control what you want to talk about. You control what's allowed in your space and um, all of those spaces interconnect. So if I want to follow you on your server from my Gab account on the Gab server, I can do so. So they all kind of interconnect because of the federation concept. Um, and, and, you know, we can't take down your server. Um, we, that, that's, that's the beauty of it is that because it's decentralized, we can't stop your server from existing. Um, we can't ban your account. We can't delete your, your data. Um, so giving people that individual sovereignty where I foresee that, you know, individuals will spin up their own server where they're the only one on the server just so that they have control over their content and over their destiny. Um, and, you know, we can't ban them. We can't, uh, we can't uh, remove, uh, you know, them from the ecosystem of Gab. Now, we can do things like um, block domains. And the reason that this exists is for like illegal content. If there's uh, a child porn uh, server, we don't want that into the Federation. We don't want that. You know, obviously, we don't want that into the ecosystem of Gab. So we do still have some capabilities, but we want to be transparent about that stuff. And, you know, I think our, our user guidelines, we worked really, really hard on making sure that they're grounded in First Amendment uh, uh, protections and rulings on the First Amendment from the Supreme Court. So I think we've been very transparent about that stuff. And um, we just don't want illegal content on the site. And I think that's something that everybody can agree on. Um, but beyond that, I think going forward, you know, we're going to have access to app stores, which is going to be big because uh, Gab itself, we, we actually just got banned. Our developer account got banned by Apple um, uh, two weeks ago or so. So we're not allowed in app stores as a company, but because we're moving to this open source protocol, um, which is called ActivityPub and, and Mastodon, um, there are 40 plus existing apps that are on the app stores today that people will be able to log into Gab with and use the app for Gab, um, which is huge. So, you know, we won't have one app on the app store. We'll have 40 plus different apps that people can choose from. So I think that is going to be a game changer for Gab because we've never had, you know, really access to app store distribution and now we will be able to. And I think that's going to bring in a lot more people um, that maybe wouldn't have used Gab before because they don't want to, you know, go on desktop or go on the mobile web or things of that nature. So I think all of these things combined are going to be great going forward for growth and for um, diversifying, you know, the different uh, ideas and interests and in people that are, are using Gab. Yeah, I mean, you, you kind of just glossed over a few little things right there that, uh, you know, the average person would be like super salty about, right? I mean, you guys have been, they've taken away, you know, the ability to fund yourselves. They've taken away your guys's website. They've taken away you, know, you guys to be in app stores. And yet you guys are still here. <laughs> you guys are still here for the exactly. thing, you know, and, 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 still finding, growing. Yes. And, and finding ways around it. That's pretty incredible. Yep. I mean, so what was that like when you wake up and you, and you realize that you're being, you know, basically accused of all kinds of stuff and uh, they're, they're taking your, you know, your website down, you know, what, what was that like? Uh, yeah. So I, I think Gab is by far the most no platformed and, and censored uh, technology startup in history. 
I, I can't name another tech startup that has had GoDaddy ban them, PayPal, Stripe, both app stores, um, you know, third party providers, uh, random third party providers like Shopify and, and stuff that you would people would take for granted as making it easy to kind of run a startup. But we we had to build everything from scratch and we had to find partners that were willing to stand by. Um, you know, the First Amendment and the things that we're fighting for. And thankfully, we were able to find um, epic.com, E-P-I-K.com is our domain registrar um, to, to host the gab.com domain. Um, and we were able to pr- uh, find a hosting provider called Sybil, which Epic has since acquired. Um, you know, so there are things, and then there's a lot of stuff that we had to build ourselves. You know, you just, you had to find a way. Um, and back in January, uh, we introduced the community to Bitcoin and we had to spin up our own BTC pay server to be able to process payments. And, you know, that's, that's one of the things that makes crypto and that makes Bitcoin um, so powerful is the censorship resistance is, you know, Gab is, is the perfect example of why Bitcoin and why crypto exists and why it's going to be so powerful and revolutionary is because, you know, we were, we were no platform by, by PayPal and Stripe, which are two of the biggest payment processors. They own, I think it's like 70 some percent market share payment processing on the internet. Um, and we were rejected by dozens of banks and all sorts of loopholes trying to get processing back up. And uh, we weren't rejected by, by Bitcoin. We, you know, we, you can't shut down our, our BTC pay server. You can't stop people from sending us crypto. Um, so, you know, I think Gab is one of the prime examples of, uh, of a use case for, for, for crypto and for Bitcoin uh, and its, its importance, in, and especially in regards to censorship-resistant payment processing. Why, why do you think you guys are getting targeted so much? Is it just because you're allowing people free speech or because you're kind of, you know, retaliating against the system and pointing the finger at the big guys and saying, look at the evil these guys are doing what what do you think the yeah. cause of all this is there's so many other you know republican sites out there that just kind of skate by no problem you know some of them get you know maybe pushed down on the on the google trends and things like that to where their website isn't quite as high up on the rankings as it once was but why do you think that they're singling you guys out well first of all i mean we're not we're not a republican website we're not a conservative website uh, we're a free speech website so anybody's welcome to join we're not scanning political affiliation but i think um you know, the biggest thing is that we're a threat. Um, uh, you know, we are calling out the establishment players. We are calling out big tech and we have been doing this for three years. Um, and, uh, you know, we've gotten uh, tons of, of press coverage uh, on this stuff. Um, and I think that, you know, we're a, we're a serious threat to their dominance because, you know, they control uh, everything, um, access to news, access to information, access to communication. Um, and Gab threatens all of that. And um, Gab says that, no, we're going to stand by uh, First Amendment protected speech for all people um, in, in, in light of and in face of these guys that are doubling down on censorship and using artificial intelligence and machine learning to censor now um, and are you know, selectively censoring uh, you know, based on their political agendas uh, and using uh, this technology and this data that they have, which is unprecedented, by the way. Um, you know, some of these companies have uh, more money and more power and more data than a lot of uh, nation states. <laughs> yeah, than a lot of nation states, which is, um, 
it's that's that's scary um and and people should be scared about that and i think we need to focus on um you know people talk about decentralization in the context of technology but i think what we need to do is focus on decentralizing you know in terms of location too because all of these companies are all owned and controlled and based in silicon valley and you know silicon valley has a, a you know it's san francisco is one of the most far left progressive cities uh in the world um so obviously uh you know the people that live and work there are, are going to share those values and be stuck inside that ideological echo chamber. So I think we need to focus on decentralizing in terms of location. And that's really what Gab has done too. Like I'm based in Pennsylvania and, you know, our workers are uh, decentralized. Our, our, you know, they're all over the nation, all over the world. Um, so I think that's the next big thing is, is focusing on decentralizing away from Silicon Valley and starting to support platforms like Gab that are uh, outside of that ideological echo chamber and that stand by principles of, of freedom of expression for all people people and individual sovereignty and the free flow of information, which is what the internet has always been about. It's what it's always been built on. And I think we've seen this uh, centralization effect happen in the past and it, it has decentralized again and now it's centralized again you know with AOL for example where for a period of time people thought that AOL was the internet and you know AOL dominated the MySpace dominated you know social networking these things come and go and um, I've never been more optimistic uh, about the future of freedom of expression on the web and people are fighting and people are starting to wake up and this has become uh, a conversation uh, that is uh, a national narrative. And, and you have both sides of the aisle, both Democrats and Republicans and the President of the United States all talking about this issue now. You know, back in 2016, when I first started talking about this, I really felt alone. I was like, how do people not see what's going on? How are the alarm bells not going off? Um, and now it seems like everybody is talking about this, uh, which is good um, because we need to fight back against it and we need to expose what's going on. And I think that uh, Gab is kind of trailblazing in that regard. And that's what we've been doing for three years. And that's what we're going to continue to do. It's huge, man. Yeah, everybody needs a platform that they can basically just express themselves, you know, without uh, obviously, you know, with staying within the law, right? I mean, <laughs> we don't want, uh, like right. you said, you know, a bunch of hate speech or, you know, child porn or any of that kind of stuff out there. But people definitely need a, you know, a platform to be able to voice their opinions and their thoughts thoughts and just be able to converse with people without being banned or pushed down to the bottom of the feed or something like that because of some algorithm or whatnot. So that's, that's cool, man, that you guys are doing. Right. Well, I think, yeah. It's about giving people control, right? Like uh, on your note on hate speech, right? Well, hate speech is protected by the first amendment. Supreme court unanimously ruled that it's a uh, first amendment protected speech because it's something that's so subjective. It's ambiguous. Um, you know, you can, you can say uh, your beard looks dumb and is that hate speech? Like, well, maybe it's kind of, it's, it's, it's kind of hateful. Yeah, it's an opinion. Exactly. So, you know, so we, I would rather give the user the tools to decide for themselves uh, what is and what isn't hate speech and to control their own experience. So if you don't want to see certain words, you can mute them. If you don't want to see content from certain people, you don't have to follow them or you can block them or you can mute them. Giving the user control of their experience versus, uh, you know, a giant corporation deciding what we can and cannot talk about who you're allowed to follow, who's allowed to make money on the internet, who's allowed to make news on the internet. That, that's not a, an internet that I want my kids to grow up on. Um, and that's not an internet certainly that I would use. So I'm building the internet that I want to see. And, and I, I dub that the free speech internet, the, the internet that protects individual sovereignty and privacy and, um, and freedom of expression for all people. Gotcha. And then you had talked about, you know, leaving it up to the person to mute conversations or words that they don't want to hear, right? Well, what if it's your kid that gets on there and next thing you know, they didn't mute something, right? 
then it just happens to be nothing but porn or something like that. In terms of children, really, it's up to the parents, right? Um, it's, it's up to the parents to uh, monitor and, and um, educate their kids on the content that's on the internet. I mean, the internet's the wild west, right? In a few clicks, you can, you know, find a lot of different things. Uh, and you know, it's not just on Gab; it's it's on the entire internet. You can find a lot of a lot of crazy stuff on YouTube, a lot of crazy stuff on Twitter, a lot of crazy stuff on Reddit. You'll find porn across all of these places, right? Like, you know, this this stuff is everywhere. It's pervasive. So when it comes to kids. Um, it's really uh, the onus is on the parents uh, to take responsibility for their kids and, and to educate them and to teach them how to use the Internet and how to how to surf the Internet and how to spot stuff that they maybe shouldn't be looking at or uh, that the parents don't want them to see. I think the onus relies on the parents on that end. But, you know, we do our best to like we have um, uh, we have guidelines around pornography, like it has to be marked not safe for work, you know, in order to protect stuff like that. So we do have guidelines around uh, stuff like porn, which. Uh, we require you to mark as not safe for work so that people aren't seeing that if they're at work or if their kids are scrolling through or if they're scrolling on the couch and the kids happen to be there or whatever. You know, so we do have some protections in place, but ultimately it's, I think it's on the parents to, you know, the onus is on the parents to, to educate their kids and to protect their kids and to teach their kids how, how to, how to use the internet. I thought the internet was going to teach our kids all that stuff. Now we have more responsibility <laughs> as parents. Now we got to do more stuff. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. It never ends. I know, man. I know. So you got a uh, new Gab launching on the 4th of July. What's new about it other than, you know, being open source and all that kind of cool stuff? Right. So we basically rebuilt everything from the ground up. We forked uh, Mastodon, uh, which is also open source. You know, we, we put a Gab touch on it. We added a lot of the Gab exclusive features like groups and editing and uh, quote posting and some of the stuff that Mastodon just didn't have. Obviously, it's going to look and feel like Gab. Um, it's going it, it, to, it's totally rebuilt from the ground up. Uh, we, we scrapped the old code base and are just rebuilding everything and porting over all of the existing data. So you're not going to lose any of your followers or any of your content or anything like that. But the big thing is that you're going to be able to access those 40 plus apps that are already on the app store and log in and use Gab from mobile apps, which has never been possible. Um, and the other big thing is that anybody's going to be able to spin up their own Gab server um, and have total control of their digital sovereignty. And it's going to decentralize Gab, like I was talking about before, which is going to be huge because, again, even if Gab server goes down for whatever reason, there will ideally be thousands of other Gab servers that are still up and running around the world. Gab itself cannot go down ever again. And that was the thinking behind moving towards uh, open source and moving towards Fediverse, uh, which is uh, you know the, the open source community of different apps that are built on the ActivityPub open source protocol, uh, things like Mastodon, GNU Social. Um, there's a couple of others that are in the Fediverse. There's about 3 million users in the Fediverse right now. And Gab is about to bring over our million users. So uh, we're about to be 25% or so of the Fediverse, which is going to be really interesting because Mastodon actually has uh, a lot of people on the left. And Gab obviously has a lot of people on the right. So we're going to bring these two communities together. And it's going to be interesting to see uh, how that unfolds. And hopefully it creates some dialogue and uh, ultimately uh, preserves freedom, which is which is the goal. The perfect storm of free speech. I love it. Yes. <laughs> Left yes. and right in the same room together. That'd be great. That's good. That's what we need. 
I'm telling you, man, that's what it's all about, dude. Everybody, I don't care, you know, what color you are, or, you know, what your religion is or, you know, what your political, you know, viewpoints are. Everybody should be able to just, you know, converse and talk freely amongst each other and basically just uh, debate each other's viewpoints if they want to debate or just talk about the weather, man, or the sports or whatever Absolutely. else they want to, right? It doesn't always be a big debate. So yes. that is awesome, man. And then um, I guess more about you, buddy. So what is, um, you know, maybe a book that you read that was like super influential in your life, something that kind of crafted you know, maybe your viewpoints or the person you are today that uh, you recommend other people should read as well? Oh, certainly the Bible uh, it has had the biggest oh, influence man. on my life, bar oh, none, man. bar none. You know, that, that is a book that I would recommend that everybody reads, even if you're not religious, even if you don't believe in God, you know, it's distilled wisdom from thousands of years uh, of, of humanity, right? So it's, there's so many life lessons. Uh, I, I look to the book of Job, for example, and, and, you know, Job essentially had his, his life uh, destroyed, had ta- everything taken away from him, and yet he remained faithful. And that's, you know, I, that's, I, I, very, I, I empathize with that. I can connect with that because I've had that happen to me uh, with Gab in a way. So uh, not to the extent that he had it happen to him, but um, uh, in a sense, I, I can empathize with him. And, you know, I think um, outside of that, I would say... I don't know. I think, um, you know, that's, that's a big part of my identity. That's a, that's a big part about uh, why I'm doing this is because, um, you know, I think we take for granted that as a Christian, I'm able to talk about faith openly here in this country because, you know, in other countries I would be killed. I would be jailed. You know, we take for granted that, um, you know, people who are gay uh, are being killed in other countries. Uh, and we have that freedom here in the United States. All these freedoms we, we take for granted here. And um, it all starts with the first Amendment. It all starts with being able to speak. The the reason that many of these social movements have happened uh, and have been successful over the past, you know, 50 to 100 years is because the activists had the freedom to be able to talk about these things and, and be able to gather in public and, and fight for these things at the ballot box. Um, and these are all things that we take for granted and they all stem from the First Amendment. So that's why I fight so hard to, to protect these things is because um, I think uh, that's ultimately where progress comes from. And that's ultimately where freedom comes from is the ability to speak and the ability to express yourself without fear of being thrown in jail or, or, or killed or any of these things. So, and, and it's starting now to go in that direction where people are being fired, where people are being no platformed off the internet and unpersoned off the internet for having a political opinion uh, that those in power and those in control disagree with. Um, and that's scary. And, and that, that needs to stop right now or inevitably you know, we're all going to be in the gulag one day uh, for having a different political opinion. And that's that's not a world I want to live in. And that's why I fight so hard to, to build this alternative and to uh, protect free expression on the Internet. Great points, man. Great points. As far as like voting in general, man, what do you think about using blockchain to basically put our voting system oh. on the blockchain? <laughs> you know, do you think that's a good thing, a bad thing? Uh, yeah, first- that could be uh, interesting. Uh, I, I'm a fan of the paper ballot, to be honest, the old the old fashioned way. Anytime, you know, I know that. The the adage, you know, it, it doesn't matter who you vote for. It matters who counts them. Right. So if you yes, vote for ballots, then they just stop, you know, they, they collect all the ballots and they just make up whatever they, whatever numbers they want. So you have blockchain. Yes. It's immutable. That's true. That's, that's true. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's an exciting time. Certainly there's a lot of different applications that blockchain could, uh, be applied to whether it's voting or, um, obviously the financial system is, is, uh, the first one. But I think that, um, 
I don't know. I, I don't. I don't think I have an opinion on that yet. I'd have to. I'd have to kind of see it in practice, right? I have to see how it would work because my fear with technology is anytime you have technology in play, you know, it can be corrupted or it can be. And I know the blockchain's immutable, but still, you know, who who's to say what's gonna what's gonna happen, um, especially when it comes to technology? I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that. Uh, okay. Gab is a technology company, so you got to know how you feel about that, right? I mean, like an IPFS system, right? It's like interplanetary file system. Is that, you know, kind of like the way you're distributing your network out to everybody has their own servers of sorts? Not, no, we're not using IPFS, although we are looking into IPFS. And I'm definitely a fan of IPFS. I think a lot of technology is just so early. Like you look at, I actually am not a fan of blockchain for, for content because that's where you get into where, you know, now child porn is immutable. Now I post your social security number on the blockchain and that's immutable. Uh, and people say, oh, well, you could just, you know, censor that stuff from the front end. Well, it's like, uh, okay, well then what's the point? Like, why am I going to use blockchain for content if I can still censor? And if now that stuff can never be removed and anybody can go look on the blockchain and see that stuff, right? So I, I'm not a fan of blockchain for content storage and for content decentralization. I think there are better ways to do it, like the way that we're doing it with Federation um, and with open source. There are other ways to decentralize besides just using a blockchain, especially when it comes to user-generated content. So I guess that's what I'll say about blockchain in regards to user-generated content in the context of, of Gab. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. I mean, there's definitely a ton of uses for blockchain, but again, not everything should just be thrown on blockchain, just to throw it on blockchain, right? Just so, because. Right. Exactly. It's like, yes. hey, I thought up this cool thing that if I incorporate blockchain, maybe I'll get a bunch of money. <laughs> so it's like, there's, <laughs> right. there's, there's use cases for it for sure. But, you know, when you were talking about, you know, all the first amendments, issues as well as voting. Um, I thought, you know, we've heard, you know, about different countries now integrating blockchain into voting. So that way you can actually see not necessarily the name of who they voted for, but, or the name of the person that voted, but the name of the person that they voted for. And so that way right. you don't have to worry about the person counting the, the ballots anymore. It's right there. On I guess the- you still have to worry about, I mean, you know, who's in, who's injecting that data into the blockchain. Right. So, I mean, it's, it's kind of the same thing as paper ballots. It's like, you know, like you said, who's, who's counting, who's, uh, who's pushing that data to the blockchain because that is ultimately who has control over it, you know? So it's, it's something that I'd like to see in practice. And uh, I don't know, I haven't really read too much about it. I'd like to see some contrarian takes uh, yeah. on the pros and the cons before I guess I, I put my opinion to it. I guess it's something I haven't really thought of yet, but that's an interesting, uh, interesting question. Yeah. I mean, a private corporation throwing up a blockchain that says, Hey, this is decentralized and uh, we're going to use it for voting is a horrible idea. But if you have, yeah. you know, like a, like a Bitcoin network, you know, for voting, I think there might be something to that. Who knows? But, um, you know, tell us, about, tell us more about yourself, man. Do you have any uh, hidden talents or skill sets that maybe people don't know about you? You know, maybe, uh, uh. Um, maybe you're a mariachi, you know, maybe, uh, I don't know, you're a ventriloquist. Uh, <laughs> I don't know, man. You're uh, a dolphin trainer? No? Uh, I'm a beekeeper. Um, so See? I keep bees. <laughs> I have, uh, I have ducks. I have chickens. I live on a, I live on a family farm. Um, and, uh, I love it. Um, it's, it's something that you wouldn't expect, uh, from the CEO of a, a social network and a technology company to be living, uh, in the middle of nowhere. But, um, you know, I lived in, in every major city. I, I lived in Austin, Texas, San Francisco, Philadelphia. Um, and I've never been happier than I am, uh, when I'm in the middle of the woods on the farm, uh, in God's country, uh, with the animals and, uh, and with my wife. So I guess that's one thing that maybe most people don't know about me. 
Yeah. So, I mean, beekeeping, tell us about that. And like, <laughs> you know, you, you've seen like, you know, little things on TV, you know, things go horribly wrong or things go, you know, horribly right. Uh, tell us something we don't know about beekeeping, something that's uh, yeah. common to you, it's, but just mysterious to us. Yeah. It's, um, it's a big learning experience. There's so much more to it than I initially thought when I first got into it. Um, you know, uh, it's, it's very fascinating to see how the hive works and how the hive is effectively centered around the queen. And, and, you know, uh, we had a swarm happen last year, which is basically when about 60% of the hive uh, up and bounces um, and, and they take the queen and they leave behind some of the drones. And, um, you know, the drones, the rest of the hive is, is relatively weak because they don't have a queen now. Uh, and about 60% of the workers just bounce from the hive. Uh, so now they have to immediately get in the process of hatching a new queen, um, which takes some time. And then, you know, they can actually hatch multiple queens and then uh, they will duke it out and, and the stronger one will come above. But, the, you know, you're talking about several weeks here uh, of trying to find a, a new leader a new queen, uh, which is what the hive kind of revolves around. Um, and if they do, don't do that in time, then they're not going to get the resources uh, for winter to be able to survive, um, which is unfortunately what happened to, to our bees last winter. We had a brutal winter here in northeastern Pennsylvania. So the hive didn't make it because right before winter, we had that swarm happen. Um, we had to introduce a new queen you know, to hopefully speed up the process because they would have had to hatch them. So we had to actually buy a queen, have it overnight it and introduce the queen. And uh, unfortunately they just, they didn't have the resources and with the brutal, brutal winter, they didn't make it. So we had to kind of start fresh this spring, but you know, that's something that I would have never anticipated. And, you know, things change constantly, you know, something like that could just happen out of the blue. And um, it's, it's kind of a lot like startups, right? Like running a startup where, you know, everything's running along fine. And all of a sudden you get kind of sideswiped or, or counterpunched by the hive uh, and you have to figure out what to do and, and solve the problem. And uh, that's what makes it interesting to me is it's, it's kind of, it's very cathartic and uh, it's very similar to, to running a business is uh, you have to uh, pay attention very closely and, and be prepared for uh, stuff that you would have never expected and solve the problem accordingly. So that's why I enjoy it. That or a strong woman with you can make you or break you. (laughs) (laughs) Amen. Absolutely. (laughs) Awesome, man. And then uh, maybe what's one of the craziest things that you've ever done that's not going to land you in jail by telling us? It can be anything. Yeah, yeah. So uh, when I was in high school, um, I had a, uh, a key logger on a, a USB thumb drive and I had put it in the, the teacher's computer and I had gotten her password. And uh, when she left the room one day, I, I used that password to uh, break into her computer and, uh, and find a, a funny picture that was on there of another, uh, another teacher and ended up emailing that to myself, you know, because this particular teacher that the photo was of, uh, he, he used to bust me a lot and make fun of me and stuff. And I was bullied a lot in high school. And uh, that's how I got into lifting and stuff. But some of the teachers actually participated in it, believe it or not. And I kind of wanted to get revenge on this guy. But uh, just as I was uh, signing out of the computer, she walked in and uh, caught me. Uh, as I was pulling the uh, the USB out <laughs> with the files on it, and um, I ended up getting uh, suspended for uh, for three days. So that was my first uh, four way into uh, to hacking. I think in ninth or or tenth grade, and I ended up getting uh, suspended for it. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. I, I've always had the, uh, the the rebel rebel attitude uh, back into high school. Well, maybe uh, maybe next time you'll get away with it, right? So that way you can uh, <laughs> share the funny pictures with the world. Well, you know, I really appreciate yes. you coming on, man, and, and telling us all about 
about, you know, what, you know, what you're doing there at Gab. It's very important for, you know, for the people to have a, a platform to be able to express themselves. So it's awesome what you're doing. Make sure that, uh, you know, you keep us posted. We'll make sure to get the links out here for everybody. We wish you nothing but success. So thanks again for coming on and sharing. God bless you. And we'll catch you on the next one. Thanks, brother. Have a good day. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Big thanks to Andrew. Appreciate you, buddy, coming on, telling us your story, telling us the story of Gab, as well as being a beekeeper, right? So I know after everything you talked about, I just pull out, he was a beekeeper, is a beekeeper. That's pretty freaking incredible too, right? And then also your failed hacking attempt in the ninth grade. That was kind of funny too. So anyways, I appreciate all the big stuff that you're doing. I think it's important, regardless of what color somebody is, what religion somebody is, what political preference somebody is, they've got a place to go and converse with other people, you know, openly, free speech-like, First Amendment-like. It's pretty awesome. So thanks for what you're doing, buddy. Just a friendly reminder, Crypto Beetle shows are never financial advice, recommendations, or trading strategies. The views expressed here are solely that of Robert Beatles and his guests. Robert Beatles is a co-founder of the Monarch Wallet, host of Trading View Sessions, Crypto Beatles on YouTube, and on several entities. Robert's opinions here do not reflect that of those entities. Some information shared here may not actually be factual. These shows are for information and entertainment purposes only. Never invest a single Satoshi or penny in anything without first seeking the counsel and advice of a professional financial advisor. Robert Beatles is not a financial expert or advisor. Investing in anything is super dangerous. You can lose all of your money, so always trade at your own risk. Please help us grow the family. Give us a comment and review on the Apple or Google Play Store. It's super quick and easy. Just scroll down, click the little stars, comment, and just help us grow the fam. All right. God bless you. Love you. Catch you on the next one.